With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest Wolves Fancast episode. It's your host, Little Dan, and we're back once again with the Gareth Southgate Masterclass Renegade Blaster. I've got my guy, Lukey T, with me to discuss the upcoming game tomorrow at home to the Scots. How you doing, Luke? Sound, mate. Sound, not too bad. Just looking forward to the game tomorrow now, to be fair. Big game. Uh, are you drinking tomorrow or are you watching it calmly at home? Now, do you know what? I'm going to watch it calmly at home because I just think the pubs are going to be rammed full of idiots. So I'm just going to stay at home and I'm going to do some um, Insta-Live stuff for the fan cast pre-match. Sounds good. I'll be one of those idiots out on the town tomorrow night. So if you <laughs> see me about, do it, me, offer me a drink. Uh, let's quickly touch on the England's last uh, fixture, the, the 1-0 win at home to Croatia, the goal coming from Raheem Sterling. Hot day. Uh, three points but what was your overall opinion on that uh, performance um, I thought the performance I mean it wasn't great we didn't pull up any trees but we got the win an opening game win against what on paper is our toughest opponent um, and you'd like to think it's it's near enough qualified us out the group now so I suppose job done job done it wasn't the best performance but I think sometimes you need to grow into tournaments as well. Tournament football, it's completely different, isn't it? You need to grow into it. I don't think many teams sort of... Is it seven games to the final or seven or eight games or whatever? I mean, it is, has seven or eight amazing games. So I think to beat Croatia, I know they're in a bit of poor form, but they're still World, World Cup finalists from three years ago, is it now? Yeah, three years ago. Um mm-hmm. You know the, the toughest on paper game in in the group, and we've we've got three points, clean sheet, one nil win, boost for Raheem Sterling as well, uh, boost for his confidence, and yeah, positive, positive. You know, can't can't fault it too much if if I'm being honest. I think the the whole point we we discussed it before the game that England had never won their opening fixture at mm. Euros, and going back to your point there that you've got to build your way into the competition. Starting off with a win is a a, a massive help. Um, I listened to Cesc Fabregas the other night that said um, Spain lost their first fixture the year that they won it was, it was, I think it was the 2008 World Cup I think mm. 2008 Euros they lost their first fixture at home to Switzerland so, so like you said um, three points against Croatia it's a good start with that third place finish pretty much getting you through to the next round we, we, we're through in we um, we've got a big game coming up against Scotland uh, tomorrow night. How did you see um, their performance against the Czech? I, I watched the first half myself uh, and they had a lot of energy. They created a couple of chances, but 
that they they did Peter and as soon as that first goal went in for the check they they, they struggled to get back into it. Well, did you do you see much of that game? Yeah, I, I sort of had half an eye on it. Um and like you said, they started with lots of energy, but they're going to. Is it this their first tournament since nineteen ninety eight, isn't it? Um at home at Hamden Park, a couple of fans in there. Um that there's always going to start that way. But I think the the problem with Scotland is they just haven't got the quality. Um, and it showed in the end, you know, I thought the first Czech goal, fantastic header. I mean, it was a good ball into the box as well, but the header was fantastic. And then the second goal, you know, meme-tastic that was, because David Marshall <laughs> does some right stick, ain't he? But David David uh, McNoyer, they were calling him afterwards because he thought he was sweeper-keeper, like Neil for Germany. <laughs> Don't know what what he was doing in that position, but you you look at that one angle where the players sort of R one finished it in from that distance. It was a ridiculous finish. That's it. If if, if there's a goal of the tournament that beats that, I'll I'll grow air back on my head. <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely early contender for goal of the goal of the tournament, and it's it's good to see Scotland lose because let's be honest, they absolutely hate us. And they want us to fail so bad. So when it's them that failing, happy days. I'm glad to see you. Because the way I look at it with international football is, for me, Scotland are like West Brom. So if they, if they finish the group with 0. 0.0 goals and don't qualify for another tournament for another 20-odd years, happy days. What did you make to... Um... Andy Robertson's comments that uh, England supporters are derogatory to Scotland and their their quality of their their players saying that pretty much that um, they that they underestimate us um, incorrectly. I, I think um, you look at sort of Rangers in the Europa League this season; they've done pretty well. Andy Robertson's been a recent Champions League winner, so they're not they're not as bad as West Brom on an international mm-hmm. level, but they're not great, are they? No, they're not. And, and for Robertson to say that England fans are derogatory, let's be honest, Scotland fans, that they're so derogatory to England and England fans. It's it's embarrassing. But then when the shoe's on the other foot and England fans have a pop back, they can't stand it. I don't get it. Because Scotland, genu- they hate us. Like They hate us more than we hate them. And that's a fact. I'll have no one tell me any different on that. They 100% hate us more then we hate them. It's like, with Scotland though, it's like, from a Wolves point of view, they're like Warsaw. You know, where like Warsaw hate Wolves, but Wolves like, we don't want to see them do well, but sometimes you kind of feel a little bit sorry for them because they're just that yeah. shit. <laughs> I had a sort of similar moment when I was watching the Scotland Czech Republic game when uh, Andy Robertson had a really good chance in the first half which to keep him in a decent save. And I found myself going, go on, like as if he was going to score. And then after his save, I was like, I don't really want him to score that. <laughs> yeah. but he had yeah. a good game, Robertson did, to be fair. He played really, really well. He's a, he's a solid fallback in, yeah, not just um, in the Premier League, it's sort of um, European level. He's a solid left-back. I was having a discussion with a Liverpool fan the other day and was talking about the comparisons between um, him and Trent Alexander-Arnold, where both of them, when they're at their peak, Trent's better. But when they're both at their worst, Andy Robertson is head and shoulders better than yeah. Trent. What's your opinions on that? How good do you think Andy Robertson is compared to Trent? I think it's a fair assessment and a fair comment. Um, I think they're, they're both they're both brilliant full 
slash wing backs, however you want to term it. Um, <laughs> to argue one's better than the other, you're probably splitting hairs, really. I, I wouldn't say there's that much in it because, like you said, when Trent's off it, he's off it more than Robertson is. So that probably sort of counterbalances it. But, you know, we, we, with all due respect, we they have got a couple of players that we do need to pay close attention to because that, that could hurt us. I think you've got Robertson. Um, I don't really want to say it, but if John McGinn has a decent game, you know. Um, you look at there's, there's rumours that um, Kieran Tierney might be fit um, for the game tomorrow night. And you look at that left side with Robertson and Tierney. That's an offensive left side if both of those are fitting at it. Where where's Tini gonna play though? Sort of like left centre back. I'm not sure. Sh- I'd imagine he'll be like sort of left midfield in front of Robertson or they'll oh, rotate okay. between the two. Yeah. I think it's yeah, an offensive well, left side. If I can properly get at Carl Walker and um who's gonna be playing right midfield for England, sort of Mason Mount, and then oh, it'll be like okay. sort of Carl Yeah, Foden on so as long if Foden does his tracking back, he's uh it could be a, Scotland's main outlet to create chances for uh, Kieran Nisbet, who I'd never heard of until this <laughs> tournament started. That's how, how um, far I've come from playing football manager in FIFA. Obviously, I've never never even heard of this Kieran Nisbet. Um, what's your sort of favourite memories of England-Scotland games that have gone from years back? Obviously, I've, I think the majority of England fans will all draw back to that Paul Gascoigne <laughs> When uh, one of my favourite moments is when Yuri Gellin made the ball move before Gary McAllister's yeah. penalty when he moved. Um, he was what, on the this morning, he was. Bending spoons. Milking it, milking it mate. Said, what was he saying? Something like, England fans are going to be wearing tinfoil hats to stop his messages getting through or something. Honestly, mate, he was on. What was he on? Look, who's talking to the Ryan Kelly anyway? He's just fucking, he's off his head, eh? It's absolutely off his head. But my favourite memory, I mean, Euro 96 was fantastic and it was a great game, great tournament. But I think it was the playoffs for Euro 2000 and we drew Scotland. And I remember we beat them 2-0 at Hampden Park. Paul Scholes got a brace. And I just remember, I remember being really nervous for the game because it, it was like, imagine if we don't go to the Euros and Scotland do at our expense. Yeah. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I we mean, beat them to... social media wouldn't have been out back then, but you imagine that sort of oh, mate. social media now if, if Scotland was to I mean they're not gonna knock us out of the group, but imagine if they'd a, a win that knocked us out of the group now, the the embarrassment on social media that would come. It, it would be horrible. It, it, it would have been more embarrassing if um we'd have lost to the fan pack. <laughs> no, 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 it, no, it would have been that embarrassing. <laughs> but um, but then I remember the return fixture and the beat us one nil at Wembley. Yeah, Donald Chinson, I, I think. That yeah, Donald Chinson, and that was the last game at Wembley in that millennium. Which right. was, I know it's not a major thing, but you know the last ever game at Wembley in the millennium, and Scotland have won it. It's horrible, but we still went through, and obviously. They didn't. So, um, yeah, tomorrow night, 8pm. Uh, any changes that you think Southgate should be looking at? On, uh, in the social media, it seems to be a lot of people um, still questioning whether Kieran Trippier should be left back. I thought he played uh, pretty decently decently well against um, Croatia on, on Sunday. 
Um, I, I don't see why you... Uh, it's the old saying, isn't it? You don't change a winning team. But is there anything that you'd look at? Would you bring Grealish in, maybe? Or what, what's your opinions? I would. I'd bring uh, Grealish in probably for Mason Mount. And I probably would bring Chilwell in for Trippier. And I might even bring Reese James in for Kyle Walker. Now, this might be <laughs> jinxing it a little bit, but I'm really confident we'll get a result against Scotland. I think we could play our sort of second string like we did against Romania and we'd still get a result. So I think it, I think we can afford to make maybe two, three, maybe even four changes just to keep it fresh, just to keep it fresh. Then, you know, even if if Grealish plays or Chilwell plays, you can then look at bringing Mount and, and Trippier back in against um the Czech Republic for the last game. Um, but, it, I mean, it, 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 Southgate might just say, OK, like you said, we don't want to change the winning team, get the three points with our strongest team and then maybe look to make changes against Czech Republic and rest the squad yeah. that way. There is a sort of an air of, does he experiment in this game or the next game uh, against Czech Republic? Harry Maguire still is uh, on the fringes of trying to get back in. It's wherever he's tested against Scotland or Czech Republic. Um, what's your opinions on Harry Kane going into this game? He, he wasn't foreign on all cylinders, was he, against Croatia? And Dominic Calvert-Lewin has scored in, the, in a couple of England games where he's had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really leave Kane out, can you? But he's not really a guaranteed starter as he has been recently, I don't think. I think the problem we've got is he's captain and... Whatever your opinion is on Harry Kane, the geezer knows where the back of the net is and he scores goals. But how many times have you seen it over the years where not just England but other nations have persisted with a star name and they haven't performed at a tournament and ultimately it's cost the team? So for me, I thought Kane was looked a, a yard off the pace against Croatia Probably would start him again against Scotland, but if he looks off the pace again, I think Calvert-Lewin is not on the door. And then you've got to look at, it would be controversial, but at the end of the day, we're here to win the tournament. We're not here to carry Harry, Harry Kane. Like, um, perfect example, Euro, what we in there? 20, Euro 2016. Was that when he was taking the corners? Yeah. I'm not... A hurricane hater by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's an absolutely fantastic goal scorer. But I do believe he has a lot to answer for, for Euro 2016. The way he played, I think he was very selfish. He tried to make it all about him. We all know the famous square ball to Sterling. That never was. People might argue he was offside anyway, but the players on the pitch didn't know that at the time, did they? Um, so I do think, he, I think he's quite a selfish footballer Kane's um, when he plays for Tottenham I, I, I really dislike him um, remember the Wolves game wasn't last season the season before at Molyneux and he's, yeah. he's just a cheat he's a cheat yeah. now when it's for you I suppose you accept it but when it's against you that's why I've got yeah. so little time for him sort of domestically but on an international stage it's it's a very difficult one because yeah he's a elite goal scorer but if he's not performing, then you've got to look at the other strikers. That's what you've got your squad for. And I think it would be a shame if 
if we get came from um, Euro 2016? Because, I mean, did you say, look at how deep he was dropping as well. And yeah. all right, some might say it was out of frustration. He wants to get involved in the game. But if if the game's not particularly going for, for you, you know, stick to stick to what you've been told tactically, you know, because it's not all about you. We've um, just recently spoke about Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney and uh, John McGinn. Um, is is there anyone else really that you should, which England should be looking out for? I mean, I was looking at Grant Hanley at centre back, and I'm thinking <laughs> if Harry Kane can't get the better of Grant Hanley, we're in the winning way. I know. Who's? I mean, McTominay is all right, isn't he? He'll do you a job in the middle of the park. Um, well, I mean, with all due respect, I probably couldn't even name. More than six or seven Scottish players. Who was that strike? They've got a striker called Lyndon Dykes, who missed about seventy-five yeah. chances against Czech Republic. Good chances against uh, Czech Republic did the other day. Who, who does he play for domestically? It's in, it's embarrassing that we're on a football podcast, Luke, and I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of this Lyndon Dykes. But here we are tomorrow. England play Scotland. You can get England for the, for to get the win at one to three with Ball Sports. The draw four to one, and Scotland at a tasty. For a Scotland fan, seventeen to two. Um, what sort of bets have you noticed that might be worth our listeners, viewers uh, having a few quid on? Well, I mean, we spoke just before we went live, and we looked at the the price of the draw. Is it's a decent price Four if you're looking for value? A Scotland team that could easily just shut up shop, and England struggle to break down. Four to one is decent odds at ball sports. Exactly. I mean. Like you said, they could easily shut up shop. We could struggle to break them down. And and <clears throat> one thing that I hate about England-Scotland games is, because of what I said earlier, they, they hate us more than we hate them, fact. So they can get, they can build themselves up for this game more than we can. Like, they will be bang up for it. This is the biggest yeah. game of, this is the biggest game of their careers, if we're being honest. First yeah. time for 20-odd years at a, at a major tournament, playing England, underdogs. Well, huge underdogs, the biggest game of their careers. So I mean, it's a, it's the a banana look, skin for England. Like, it's a banana well, yeah. skin, just like just like us against the fan pack. If we don't turn up with the right mentality, we'll get we'll get turned over. So well, I hope England look, can do what we did and win eight three. Look, look at the the charity game us against the fan pack. You know, I think we we turned up. We had a bit of swagger about us. We was, we was two no, two one down in the first ten minutes. Yeah, mentality, aptitude. You know. But I, I like the look. I have wrote a couple of bets down, but I like this one. I like um, Foden anytime goal scorer. I just love Foden. I just think he's absolutely fantastic, amazing. Over eight point five corners because I do think we'll put the pressure on. So I do think there'll be a fair few corners, and they will be defending quite deep. England to win. Obviously, you've got to back England to win, aren't you? And McTominay to be booked at fourteen to one, which might be worth a couple of quid. Pay for your beers over the weekend. You've, yeah. you've picked a couple of tasty ones, haven't you? Yeah, I've got um, Mason Mount, first goal scorer, over two and a half goals and a red card in the match at 50 to 1. Mason Mount, I mean, he had that one frick against uh, Croatia that was just over the bar. Mm. He's had a mm. great season. He's, um, he's definitely got a goal in him. I think he had a bit of a spell last year where a few of the fans were sort of hating on him, calling him Gareth Southgate's son and whatnot. Mm. He was Frank Lampard's son before that. But you, you see, you're seeing a, a midfield for England here that grows better and better by the game. Uh, anything else that stands out for you? 
Um, I did pick another one. Do, 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 do. Oh, I had Kane anytime. England miles corners. England to win. McTominay to book to another one and a half goals, thirteen to two. So again, smaller odds, higher stake. But I know I've just pretty much slated Kane for the last five minutes. But he's a he's a goal scorer, and that yeah. is one thing you can't take away from him. He's a goal scorer. Plus, he's on penalties as well. If we don't have more corners than Scotland, I'll be shocked. And looking at the last five fixtures for the over one and a half goals, it looks a, a certainty. Um, interesting stat is that Scotland have only actually beaten us twice since 1967, which spans back about 12 or 15 fixtures, I think. Uh, but the last five, 2017, we drew 2 2. I think that was when Lee Griffith scored. Couple of free kicks. Yeah. Uh, 2016, we beat them 3-0. 2014, we beat them away 3-1. 2013, we beat them at home 3-2. Um, so the goals are there. You know, we, we do get goals against them. That's 3-6, 9-10. That's 11 goals in the last four fixtures in the last sort of eight, nine years. He is so, an absolute sort of, um, what, how, how do we class him? An unknown entity. I'm glad that he isn't actually able to play tomorrow, Lee Griffiths, because he is one of them players on his day that can make something special happen, like that freaky that we just mentioned. Um, I've got one one bet for our viewers, which is an, uh, one of my normal bets, small win big. You can have Phil Foden to score two or more in the game and England to win 4-1 at 66-1. to And for our Scotland viewers out there, because we're a football family, we like you. We like you watching us. We like listening to your feedback. I've got a nice bet for you here. Player that's always come up against walls and always causes problems. Stuart Armstrong to score at any time. The score, uh, it to be a draw at half time, and over three and a half goals in the match. Plus Carl Walker to get yellow carded. Three hundred to one. You can get yourself a week at Butlins for three hundred to one. Oh, to be and that's fair, that's my bet. That's not a bad bet at all. Um, let, me, let me run it by him again. It would be a draw at half-time. Yeah. Stuart Armstrong to score any time. And mm-hmm. over three and a half goals with a Kyle Walker yellow card, 300 to one. Because, I mean, you've got to think, if Kyle Walker's playing right back and he's got Robertson bombing on and Tim, bombing on and Tim for 90 minutes... He's going to give. It he's always got to get a card in Carl Walker. Yeah, we we had a conversation going to the tournament. Trent Alexander, Carl Walker, Wambasaka, Reese James. For me, I know Trent uh, Alexander didn't have like sort of his greatest season. I know he had an injury going into it, but I, I haven't rated Carl Walker for a long time. I think I don't think he's the player that he once was been. He's had a few sort of issues during the pandemic where he's never these <laughs> lockdown parts and that. And to be honest, you, you, everyone knows they sort of clean cut Gareth Southgate. I, I feel he's been lucky to get in the England squad. Yeah, to be fair, he has. Because I mean, you look at Madison. All right, I think it's safe to say now that Mount has sort of pushed on from Madison. But Madison was in and around the squad until he started fucking about. Yeah. And and all right, I, I know Falden messed about as well. But Falden's that good. He could fucking he could chag Southgate's misses and still start for me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh disagree with that one bit Luke just put your money on the line what's your actual score prediction for tomorrow's game I'm going to go 3-0 England I'm really confident I think we're going to I think we're going to slap them about 3-0 England 
I've got a feeling it could be an absolute tanking tomorrow. I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy. It's like their cup final. Mm. I think if England were to get England were to get an early goal in the sort of first fifteen minutes, I think this could easily be a four nil four one. So I'm, I'm yeah. going four one England tomorrow. As always, thank you for listening, watching, and continue to support us. Uh, hopefully, we'll be releasing the final figure for the. Um, our, don- our donation to Mind Charity in the next uh, few days. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors of Sports Shops, Kings Winford, and our betting partner, Ball Sports. Thank you for listening to us as part of the 90 Minute Network, and we'll catch you soon. See you later, Luke. See you later, Dan. See you later.